Welcome to the MBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hello again, folks. Welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. This is your host and founder, Avinash. Today's guest has such an impressive profile that I'm almost certain I'm not going to do justice to this introduction. That's why I'm going to talk a little bit and then invite him to talk in a lot more detail. Today, we're talking to Jonathan Chizik. Jonathan, is that the right way to pronounce your last name? Yes, that's right. Okay, perfect. Uh, Jonathan started his career as a product engineer with Ford, where he worked for six plus years, after which he went on to work in various roles with big brand names such as Apple, Best Buy, Dell, where he was for another six plus years, and to Samsung in the New Ventures division, after which he joined Dripler as the VP of Sales and Business Development. Currently, Jonathan works as Head of Marketing and Business Development at AppZen, which is the world's first artificial intelligence solution for back office automation. That sounds pretty interesting. They use data science technologies to automate expense report audit and fraud detection. Over his career, Jonathan has led the marketing for over 20 technology product launches, covering all aspects from strategy and planning to the creation and execution of integrated marketing campaigns. But that is not all. Jonathan is also actively involved in the Silicon Valley startup world as a mentor at leading startup accelerators and also as an advisor to several startups and VC firms, including 500 startups. Jonathan has done his MBA from University of Michigan Ross School of Business, which has prompted us to speak to him today. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, Jonathan, before I begin, you know, this is this is unconventional, but I'm going to start that way. You, you're doing so much. You have done so much. I'm pretty sure you're such a busy person. Why did you, you know, why did you come on the show? What was your motivation behind it to understand uh, where you're coming from? Yeah, you know, kind of like you described when we were talking before the, the, the show here, um, you know, I get a lot of questions from recent MBA grads or prospective MBA students or, you know, even alums a few years out who, you know, looking to maybe change careers and just asking about my experience and how, you know, why I made the decisions I made and what led me to where I'm at. And, you know, I thought this would be a good opportunity to, you know, get this in a place where maybe I could point some of these people to. Um, and also they could say, you know, just kind of like, talking about the experience helps me frame it up in, in, in my mind. Like, you know, why, why did I do that? You know, how, how did I end up where I'm at right now? Yeah, fair enough. No, thanks a lot. You know, we, we really appreciate uh, for you having uh, spent time with us today. So you're, you're pretty actively involved in the startup world and the Silicon world, especially. Is, is, this, is this by design? Is this how it all began for you? Or did it happen over time? And when, how did your journey transition over time? Yeah, it's been quite quite a journey. It certainly wasn't how how it started, right? As you mentioned, I you know started my career after undergrad as a, a product engineer in the auto industry, and that, that's pretty far removed from you know running marketing and business development at a Silicon Valley startup. And in really part of what drove me to look at changing careers and and using the MBA as the the tool to do that was wanting to get into the Silicon Valley startup world. And this was, you know, this was a long, long time ago, another era in <laughs> Silicon Valley. So this is like late 90s. And 
at that time, you know, the MBA was, you know, it was, it was a tool to get in with tech startups. Um, it was something that, you know, actually helped you get roles with tech startups. A little different today, uh, but at the time, you know, that was, you know, I thought, hey, you know, so I, I know, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing engineering now. I'm not sure that's what I want to keep doing. Um, I'm pretty sure I don't want to keep working in the, in the auto industry. Um, this tech stuff looks pretty cool. Um, let's do that. How do I get out there? Uh, you get an MBA. Okay, cool. Let's, let's go look to get an MBA. Um, you know, I wouldn't rec- recommend that as the decision-making process necessarily for someone thinking about doing it. Um, but that's, that's some of the, the, the rationale for, for why I, I went to get my MBA. And, you know, just, uh, you know, things happen in the, uh, in the world. And, uh, you know, the dot-com bubble burst and 9-11 happened and um, everything was in a recession. Like this, this all happened in the middle of my MBA experience. So it went mm-hmm. from, you know, entering school where everybody was getting multiple job offers from all sorts of cool companies and, you know, some pretty crazy salaries being offered to, you know, after the first year, everything was crashing to now, you know, we're in this, the situation of, um, wow, now what am I going to do? Like no one's hiring, um, which kind of led me to take the, the more uh, roundabout route to get out here, going through companies like, uh, you know, Best Buy and Dell and, mm. and Samsung and um, slowly making my way west and getting closer and closer to uh, the, the part of the tech industry that I wanted to be working in. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. That that sounds really interesting. So, is is that the time when you started um, Walkabout Wireless? What was that about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so when I you know went to I left Ford, went to to business school mm-hmm. at uh, well, what's now Ross. It was I actually went there before it was called Ross. Um, oh, what was it called earlier? I didn't even know it had a different name. <laughs> uh, well, just before Ross, it was Michigan Business School, and then when I was there. I was there for the last year where it was called uh, UMBS, University of Michigan Business School. Oh. And then they changed it to Michigan Business School. And then Mr. Ross uh, you know, donated a lot of money and it became the Ross School of Business. Interesting. Yes. Um, but same, same great school. Um, you know, even better now. I look <laughs> at the facilities and stuff they have today. I'm like, man, I, I get a little jealous. Um, but uh, <laughs> definitely no regrets. Uh, but one of the, you know, one of the reasons why I was, as I mentioned, that I was going to, to business school was to get into the, the tech world. And so I wanted to take advantage of all the opportunities that Michigan provided. And a lot of, you know, even more so today, but even back then, had a lot of uh, you know, entrepreneurial activities, um, and not just business plan competitions, but courses and all sorts of things you could do to learn more about how the entrepreneurial ecosystem works and how to get involved. Um, and so through that, just met a lot of other people who had similar interests and, you know, a few of us got together and said, Hey, we really want to start a company. Let's, let's come up with some ideas. And that's kind of how it started. There was just a group of like-minded folks who, uh, kind of, you know, all got along and said that we, we want to do something. We know it's in tech. Let's figure out where we think there's a, an opportunity to go after. And that's, that's where Walkabout Wireless came out of. I see. I see. Interesting. Interesting. So from there, I think I think that's where you moved to Best Buy from there. And after that uh, is, is what Dell is when Dell happened, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Walkabout Wireless. So, you know, started that um, in business school and, you know, then, uh, you know, the, the dot com bubble burst, recession, 
by the time graduation came around, there was, you know, there was no funding to be had to do anything more with Walkabout. So we shut that down and kind of, uh, you know, went off on our, our own different career paths. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's when I um, joined Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. How did your how did your transitions happen over time uh, from Best Buy in terms of the kind of roles you wanted to do? So I guess I guess you've done a lot of the marketing and business development. Is that something uh, that you were always interested in, uh, or is that something that happened because of the opportunities and then you just gained your experience in that area? Yeah, you know, it wasn't always something that I was interested in, and you know, being having an engineering background and just working a lot of engineering groups and being in the auto industry, my, my view of marketing was, oh, that's just, uh, you know, fluffy stuff. And, you know, they make brochures and do events and that's, I don't want anything to do with marketing. That's, that's not what I want to do. Um, but, you know, getting involved in, in business school really opened my eyes to what, what re- actual marketing really is, which is creating the strategy for the company. You know, who's your customer? What do they want? You know, how do you reach them? And all the, the, the strategies and tactics that flow out of that. And that's, that's what really piqued my interest in the, in the marketing field. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff. You get to make cool ads and, um, you know, fun parties that that's still there. But, um, at the core of it, you know, especially when you're at a startup, you know, when you're creating that strategy of, you know, who, okay, who are our, our real customers and does our product, deliver what do they want and what they're looking for and how are we different from our competitors that's all marketing um you know and that's not something i realized until I, I went to business school and you know through that so you know originally thought i was going to be uh, you know kind of focusing on finance when i went to michigan and hmm. pretty quickly you know after a, a couple months said you know i think i think maybe marketing is actually a little more what i'm interested in and that's kind of what led me to, you know, go to Best Buy after after graduating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I think marketing, especially as a field, has evolved quite a bit, right? Since since a long since a long time now, because now marketeers need to understand data a, a lot more. It's not just the fluffy stuff, as you mentioned. It's and especially with the new digital marketing tools, I guess that's that's actually been a very exciting, um, you know, path to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it is, you know, and that's um, that's one of the things where, you know, I get I get folks talking to me, and I've, I've actually done some uh, career advising for some MBA students out here in the Bay Area, mm. and one of the things, you know, some of them they come to school at, uh, you know, say like at, at at the high school at Berkeley, and you know, there's tons of startups around there, and you know, their goal is, hey, I want to work in marketing at a startup. And what, what classes should I take? And they realized that, you know, well, the classes that you really need are all about digital marketing tools and <laughs> how to leverage them and how to analyze data and how to do A-B testing. And unfortunately, those aren't necessarily the classes that business schools focus on. Um, so, you know, you need to figure out those skills uh, somewhere. You know, but the, I think that the benefit of the, the MBA is you know, looking even beyond that and thinking strategically. So with, with marketing, you have real tactical things like, you know, how do I optimize SEO and how do I manage these email campaigns and continually A-B test to improve response rates? Um, but being able to think 
you know, take a step back and think even higher, you know, is email even the right tool that we should be using? Are we using it in the right way? So, yeah, if, and when you're at a startup, you're doing all of that. You're thinking through all these tactics and you have to be able to actually execute and do all of it. Um, but then I think the, the benefits of, of having the broader marketing experiences as the company grows, you're able to have that bigger, bigger view of what marketing is. Um, you know, you can, you can start to get to where you have those experts, you know, the SEO expert, the email expert who can do the tactical things for each of those, those marketing tools. Uh, but you're thinking through, are we even using the right tools? Yeah, absolutely. No, it, 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 it still fascinates me uh, with the amount of technology that's available right now to do, to do marketing. Now I know I'm going to take you back uh, in time at this moment, but you know, what besides Michigan, uh, where you did do your MBA, what were your other considerations? Oh, other schools. Yeah, that is, that is going back. <laughs> um, let's see. There was, um, yeah, University of Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Fuqua School at Duke, mm -hmm. and the Anderson School at UCLA. Those are the, the the top ones I was considering. Fair enough. What what made you choose Michigan? It really had just all around seemed to have what I was looking for. You know, and had the best feel there. You know, the the other schools, um, you know, all had good things. You know, and honestly, I was you know having lived in Michigan for six years, and you know, Ann Arbor being you know thirty minutes down the road from where I was living, it, it didn't seem like a big enough change. Like I wanted to, like I thought I wanted to make at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. So I was viewing Michigan as okay. I'm, I need to find a way to justify not going to Michigan because I <laughs> I think I need to make a bigger change and go somewhere else in the country, um, and I couldn't. Like I couldn't find that. And I, I kept looking at Michigan and saying, you know, it's, it, it's got awesome uh, academics here. It's got all of the, you know, the, the clubs and entrepreneurial activities that I want to get involved in. The people that I've met, both the, the prospective students and the, the current students and the alumni, you know, all seem like great people, like the type of people that I want to be associated with. And, and then, you know, the fact that, say, you get to, uh, you know, get student tickets to all the football games. So like, that's, that's another side benefit. Um, but it really just came together where it's like, you know what? I, I can't justify not going to Michigan. It seems like the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Is that, is that something about the curriculum that, um, you know, attracted you more to Michigan as compared to others? So you didn't mention that finance was one aspect you were considering. So, I don't know now, but was Michigan like stronger in finance or um, something along those lines just to understand if there was something more um, in the curriculum that attracted you, even among other universities or something that really you did not like in some other universities? Well, so, you know, the, the finance that I was looking at was more or what I thought I was interested in was kind of more around the corporate finance as mm. opposed to you know, say like uh, investment banking you know, or investment banking and equity research and, and that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, some of the other schools, you know, at, at the time, I, I mean, I, I think University of Chicago is still pretty well known for finance. They've, they've greatly expanded their expertise since. Um, but at the time, it was it just seemed very focused on finance, in particular, you know, investment banking and the equity side and a little bit on the corporate stuff. But it it. Um, Yeah, I just got the sense from Michigan that 
they're, they're very strong in general management and then also across the board with you know marketing and then corporate finance. And it seemed more in line with what I thought I would be looking for. And the fact that if, well, hey, if things change, I'm still in a good spot to get a great experience looking at you know, marketing or, you know, whatever else I might be be looking at doing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So now that it's been such a long time since you did your MBA, what are some of the, you know, learnings that you've been able to carry forward uh, over time? Oh, I'm sure there's a lot that have come <laughs> up since then. It's, uh, I mean, one, so it, yeah, there's going to be a couple things, um, and I'll try to remember them here. I'm sorry, I, I did say there's no preparation, but but I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm putting you on the spot with these questions. <laughs> oh, it's it's a lot of years to think back on. <laughs> uh, you know, cert- certainly the uh, the the network of people that I've created while I was there at school, and then the alumni network since have just been extremely helpful. Mm. Um, you know, it's great to have been a part of. And so that's, you know, that has certainly helped me immensely in, in my career, um, you know, and even just thinking through potential career moves or you know, business questions, other things that come up. Um, you know, there's, there's still, as far as like the, the, the classes, you know, I learned, you know, I learned a lot and I actually think there's. I probably apply more from those classes than I applied from my engineering classes when I went to be an engineer. Mm. Um, you know, to, today, you know, there's still a lot of you know, frameworks around marketing and, you know, corporate strategy where, you know, when you're, you're getting a question and you're talking to an entrepreneur and like, Hey, what do I do about this? Right. Well, you know, these, these frameworks just kind of come to mind and you think in your head, okay, we need to think about these four things. Okay. Here's, here's my recommendation. Uh, so I'm just being able to quickly put together um, a, a well thought out, you know, response um, as opposed to like, well, oh, what what do I do? Um, let's just try a bunch of stuff and see what works. Um, let's, you know, you're able to quickly put together, okay, here's what I really think we should do. Um, you know, and then that's where the, you know, the, the, the startup thinking comes in is, okay, now find out pretty quickly. You test, you know, test it and whether it works or not, and then be able to change. But at least you've you've had an idea to begin with that you think might work. So you're not just trying a bunch of random things and seeing what sticks. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Actually, actually you're quite right because the fundamentals still are so relevant. For example, a concept like crossing the chasm or something, right? It's 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 still quite relevant, even if it's a young startup and and they're looking to grow to an early adoption. Um, some some concepts really make sense, even with it. Just the companies change and times change and people change, but some concepts still are so relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you you still need to make money running a business too. So that, that yeah. that's important. <laughs> Fair enough. So now, so so you you started a journey in Michigan, and now uh, now you're in Silicon Valley. What is your view on this? Um, you know, the controversial topic of MBAs <laughs> in in Silicon Valley and startups. Um, how is the feeling of MBAs um, in in this uh, startup community? And you know, what what have been some of your experiences now? Yeah. So I mean, it's it, it's changed a lot since. The, you know, the the 90s when you know you really 
you needed some business expertise to pitch a startup and get funding and uh, you know sales is of course very important so if you had an expertise in sales um, you know and then you could just and you know, once you got the money you could get the the technical help mm-hmm. and you know the cost of the, the technology has come down so much over the years that you can you can start with the technology yourself and build prototypes and test them out and you know so you don't necessarily need the the, the business expertise to get in a, a business idea off the ground and get some funding going and so from that standpoint I mean startups have you know they've always been kind of sexy people that want to get involved with a startup and what what I see is if there's uh, you know, some, some, a lot of people, um, you know, and I, I see this with MBA students certainly who don't necessarily know what they mean in more detail beyond, Hey, I want to work for a startup. Okay. Well, there's, you know, let's drill down much deeper than that to figure out how you might be a fit. You know, some of them, like I, I and this was a couple of years ago when Uber was a little smaller than it is now, but it was still very large that they would consider Uber a startup. And, you know, you do realize they have, you know, a few thousand employees. I don't know if is that what you consider startup because that is great. You can call it whatever you want, um, but then at least know what you're you're focusing on. Are you going for a, you know, a, a smaller high growth company or are you going for, you know, the three person startup in a garage? Uh, big difference and big difference in how they value the experiences that an MBA might bring. And, you know, some of that you know, talking through that has really helped some of these folks because, um, you know, you realize that you know, the MBA gives you some skills which are useful for businesses at different stages, you know, and just in, in general kind of around, you know, like series B stage when they're you know, looking to really scale the, the internal operations. Um, that's where MBA skills become pretty relevant and you know, companies start to realize there's a lot of value in bringing in these, these MBAs. Um, before that, you know, the MBA skills, it, it certainly doesn't hurt you know, to have that background. But when it's, you know, I need someone who can not just tell me how I should structure the operations, but actually go find the people and set up the systems and manage that department and run it. Um, it you know, if, if, you, if you haven't done that in the past, you know, having the MBA isn't going to give you the skills to go do that. And so, those, you know, so in those situations, the startup would look at the MBA and say, well, can you do this? Have you done this stuff in the past? Like, no, but, you know, I know how to do it. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to go talk to the person who has actually done it before and hire them. And, you know, so what, what I've seen with, you know, MBAs getting in with early stage startups, one, it's either, you know, you're a founder um, or, you know, you know the founders and they, they know you're really smart and you'll figure it out so you can get involved or you have specific skills usually completely unrelated to the MBA that have enabled you to, to work with the company. You, know, you were a coder before going to business school, so you can do coding now and eventually grow into a bigger business role. Or you, know, you, you ran a, a you know, digital marketing agency, so you can actually you know, run email campaigns and uh, you know, set up a MailChimp to you know, run the marketing that the startup needs to do. You don't need an MBA to learn that stuff. Yeah. Right? So the, you know, the skills that might have gotten you the role with that company aren't necessarily the skills you got out of the MBA. So, um, you know, kind of, uh, 
Yeah, is that is that is that helping? Is that kind of what yeah. you're what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, uh, I, yeah, exactly. I think I think any experience in that really helps because one one question I really had uh, in mind, uh, which I thought I'm going to ask you, is uh, now that you work with MBA students, especially in high school or business business, as you mentioned, how is specifically how is the attitude and the expectation management? Um, of the MBA students towards a startup, as you briefly touched upon, uh, mainly coming from my experiences. So that was seven years ago. Of course, times have changed now. Things have evolved. But seven years ago, I remember I got out of my MBA and I really wanted to get into digital product management. And there was no way somebody was going to give me a job in product management without me having any experience. So I joined a startup as an intern. And, you know, none of my peers were, you know, they, they couldn't understand why I was interning after doing an MBA because, you know, they were going for the big uh, jobs with big money. Something like this was not common back then. Now, now it's, it's, it's improving a lot. What have you seen over time? Do you, do you think that, um, you know, there needs to be a shift in attitude of MBAs or do you think the shift is already happening and such kind of expectations are being managed better? Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah it, it, it makes sense. It, you know, and I think, um, you know, the expectations need to change, but I think the expectations are changing from the MBA students because mm -hmm. you realize there's kind of this uh, mismatch between what you, your expectations might have been and what reality is, right? And the expectation might be, hey, I'm going to get an MBA and some high growth startup with 50 people is going to hire me as their head of product management for a, you know, for software, even though I've never worked in software before and, and, you know, I'm going to make $200,000 a year. And there's so many things there that are just not going to happen that you need, you need to understand there, there's some constraints like, okay, you can, maybe you can get into product management, but it's going to have to be at a larger company. And, you know, you're going to start off a little lower on the salary side, or, you know, it, if you really want to go after the small startup and you believe you know, I can I can do this product management stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. well, either you need to prove it, especially with a startup. They're not going to hire you just based on potential or what you say you can do. So, if you don't have that experience, the best way to get it is to do a project with them, do an internship, exactly what you did, and you see a lot more. You know, the, the students who are serious about working with startups realize that. You know, the only way I'm going to get the job I want is to prove that I can do it. And the only way to do that is to start working. And you see more and more of the students working part-time with uh, startups in the area. And it's one of the, the benefits of being in the, you know, if your school's located in the Bay Area, there's plenty of startups around who are always looking for uh, inexpensive help. And if you're smart and, you know, they're not paying you a ton of money, so you know, there's, there's not a, a lot of risk to them to saying, okay, sure. You think you can do help us out with some of this product management stuff. Okay, great. You know, I'll pay you $25 an hour and let's see what you can do. And there's your opportunity. Um, you know, the, 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 the downside there is that, uh, some of his students then realize, you know, I could have gotten this internship or this project without having gotten my MBA. So why am I getting my MBA? I said, why am I getting my MBA? But why am I, paying all this money to get my MBA. Mm. And, you know, the, the answer to that is, well, you know, you, you may not have needed to get your MBA. So, um, 
you know, sometimes, yeah, you'll see some people you know, drop out partway through or, you know, what, what I tend to see is that the financial constraints come into play around graduation where even if it's a, you know, a startup that they've likes them, they've done good work for, wants to bring them on, they can't pay them enough to live and pay their student loans. And they will end up looking at larger tech companies with the idea that, okay, I'll, I'll get back to startups at some point in my career. But right now, there's just no way for me to financially afford it, um, which you know, is, yeah. is unfortunate. I think that's one consideration that people don't have going into business school. Right? There's always like, oh, I'll just get a job and I'll pay off my student loans. Well, if your goal is to work for small stage, early stage small startups, there's a extremely high likelihood that you're not going to make enough money to be paying off your student loans. And you know, if you can manage that, if you can figure out a way to manage that, great. But you know, it's something you should at least be aware of going in. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. And actually, that was my next question for you. You know, now that you work with so many MBA students, what, what are some of your um, you know, top advice or tips for them? I, I guess that would be one of them, right? That Mm -hmm. try to try to figure out uh, at least have a general idea of what you want to do because maybe MBA may not get you where you want to go. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know things can change um, when when you go in. I mean, some folks you know they go in and say, "Hey, I worked at a consulting company. Now I want to go get a job in investment banking, and that's what I'm going to get out of my MBA experience." And mm -hmm. they go do that, and there's a very defined path to to accomplish that. And, you know, that's great. But if you're going in with, uh, yeah, you see, you see a lot of people at, at, at business schools who uh, were just unhappy at their previous roles, um, you know, just realize maybe this isn't the type of career I wanted and I, you know, I want to make a change. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're in that situation, the more you can think ahead of time, why you really want the MBA, the better. Because, yeah, things will change when you get into school, but what you don't want to do is have to take on a whole lot of debt, which is going to limit your options. So maybe you, you learn and go into business school that you have this passion for running you know, nonprofits, um, mm. but you know now you have a huge amount of student loan debt, and you, know, you can't pay that back working at nonprofits. So now you're going to go back into, you know, maybe you're looking at, going to join a consulting firm, which maybe that wasn't what you wanted to do when you went to business school. Um, so really trying to, to the, the more you can think that through ahead of time, the better. Um, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't go get the MBA, but at least have a clear view ahead of time why you're doing it and understand what you're, you're getting yourself into. And you know, if you are going to need to take on financial debt, what sort of constraints that might put on your decisions afterward. Yeah, absolutely. Completely, completely agreed. Now, you know, knowing what you know now, is, is that something you would have done differently? Um, maybe, uh, maybe during your MBA or maybe even over, over this time? Uh, yeah. <laughs> is that something you would have done differently? <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know that I, I, I would. Um, not with the, the business school experience. I mean, looking back, mm. uh, like the, you know, the, the Steve Jobs graduation speech where he's like, you can't, was it, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. Um, you know, certainly, I guess I would have, you know, I would have picked the right lottery numbers at some point. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's really too many things that have only happened or come about 
because of things that happened through my career that at the time I thought, oh, this isn't really ideal. I need to be doing something else. Right? But if I didn't have that experience, it wouldn't have enabled me to be doing what I'm doing now or being doing some of the, the interim roles that I've had. Um, you know, I say one, one thing I might think about a little bit differently is um, pursuing a full-time role at Apple a little more after mm. graduation. <laughs> I, did a, I did a project with them in um, early 2001, and this was right after Steve Jobs came back. And the, the company was, it was in a, there was a lot, I don't say turmoil, but there, were, there was a lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot of people who had, who had been there with the, the non-Steve Jobs environment, and then he was bringing in new people, and there's just a lot of change. And for, for me, it was like, man, I, I don't want to work for this, this company. <laughs> this is nuts. I, forget it. Right. And, um, you know, you look at a, a stock chart from, if I had joined them or, you know, one of my business school classmates did join them. Okay. Right. And you look at the stock price since then, <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay. Maybe I could have put up with that for a few years. <laughs> um, that's just one of those. It's like picking the right lottery numbers. Like, yeah, hey, but, you know, my life would be different and it wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's true. In fact, in fact, when you were talking about your your journey at Ford, I was drawing a lot of parallels because I started my journey at Bosch, <laughs> again in the automotive, very different from what I'm doing now, which is like in digital marketing. And one thing I keep saying myself is, if there's anything, maybe I should have worked less as an engineer because I was so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have probably found my way into startups and early stage companies quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's something I'm, I'm hoping that I am helping my my kids with is looking at a, a variety of different careers and and interests and because you know, I look back and like, well, what, you know, why was I an engineer and why was I an engineer for so long when you know, it was it was clear much sooner than six years in that this is not something that I want to keep doing for the next 30 years. Um, you know, and I think some of it was just not, not knowing anything different, not being exposed to other things different and just kind of going down that path of, Hey, you're good at math and science. You know, if you want to make, you want a career where you can get a pension and a decent salary, you should be an engineer. Well, yeah. okay. Yeah. That, you know, and at the time, really, yeah, those are good salary. That's a lot more money than I ever thought I could make. So, okay, cool. <laughs> um, you know, that's sort of thinking about yeah, all the the other possibilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have you have you enrolled your kids in 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 some kind of software development course? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've tried. You know, and they end up just liking to, to, to play the games more than. Uh, more than coding them, but you know, slowly, slowly. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I don't, I don't want to force them to do it, right? If that's not their passion, just nudge them. But you know, hey, it's, all you have to do just, just code something really great and start a company and you know, sell it for several million dollars, and then you can do whatever you want. Right? You know, if it was only that easy. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Now, on on the flip side of your MBA experience, you know, is is that something you did not like at all? Is that something you? hated <laughs> is that something you wish the school had done better or had you know been better at doing something yeah you know i'm sure there were things when i was there it was so long ago um or maybe I mean, actually actually you could even say yeah yeah sorry you were going to say but uh, what i was going to add is you could also talk about your experience at Haas, you know because that's more recent so do you think the the 
is that something the business schools are completely missing? Is it a trick that they haven't yet gotten onto? <laughs> mm. Well, one of the one of the reasons why I you know was doing the work with with Haas was because they they identified that there was a gap in some of the career counseling, particularly around some of these newer areas. You know, things like brand management, investment banking. You know, that they in the same sort of roles forever, same recruiting processes. Um, you know, so they, they were, they're all pretty good at knowing how to prepare students for those sorts of careers, but in things, particularly around tech startups, you know, they just, they didn't know their experience with tech was working with large tech companies and okay, here's the recruiting process for, you know, if you want to go work at Amazon or you want to work at Dell, you know, Cisco, you know, name a big tech company. Um, oh, but you want to go work for a startup that's down the road. Uh, you should go talk to the entrepreneurial center. And, you know, that was kind of the extent of the advice that they could offer. So they realized there's a gap and that's why they brought in, you know, some experienced counselors in the area who've you know gone through that themselves, worked with startups and could provide some practical advice on, okay, well, here's the, here's what you really need to be thinking about. Here's some next steps you could take. Um, you know, so I think, I don't know if that was, relevant for my time at mm. Michigan. So I don't know that I would say that was a, a gap that they had. Um, you know, if, if they're not doing that today, then that's something they should. But honestly, I, I don't know if they are or not. Um, I know there's students reaching out to me because they're proactively you know, leveraging the Michigan network to try to learn more about that stuff. But I don't know what the school's doing um, by itself. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree. Uh, that's That's been one of my pet peeves over time as well. I think I think the schools sometimes don't do enough to bring in some relevant content as well because because it's really good that they're getting some industry experts as, as a support system. But I think that they're still not making conscious changes to their curriculum, you know, and, and including something more relevant. So, for example, I don't see case studies on Uber or Airbnb, for example, as I'm, I'm still seeing case studies on Kodak and and some of the old ones. They're still they're still useful, yeah. but it'll be really good to see that it's not just an extension of what they do, but they should take steps to even make changes in their core way of teaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of good general advice for them across the board. <laughs> um, you know, the the, the risk is. Uh, I remember uh, so when I was there, two thousand two thousand two. The feedback in the previous few years had been very similar to what you just said. Hey, these case studies are all outdated. Now it's, you know, these all these dot-com companies and they're doing things differently. And, uh, you know, we, we want to learn what uh, about them and how they're successful and what they're doing. And so the, you know, the school started integrating a lot more uh, tech and dot-com, you know, case studies and strategy and uh, into the curriculum. Um, you know, and then a few years later, I mean, some of those case studies just kind of look silly. Like mm. the better case study would be the postmortem of what made everyone think this was going to be an amazing company that would last for 100 years when, you know, flamed out after two and burned through $200 million in VC funds. <laughs> That's true. That is also very true. <laughs> Fair enough. Jonathan, I, I, know, I know you're running out of time. Uh, the last question for you is, you know, what is the one thing you wish I had asked you? Oh, that's probably the toughest question you've asked. <laughs> I keep the tough one for the last. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, maybe maybe you did ask this, but uh, you know what? Uh, if I would do it all over again, would I do it again? Yeah, would you? But I think I think yes. you did touch upon that <laughs> a little bit. I mean, yes. it's yeah, yeah, fair enough. I think I did ask you that, and I think you covered yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I definitely would. And you know, it, it's a personal decision for for everybody, and that's why I think you know the the only advice that I can give that would be applicable to every person looking to go get MBA is to really think hard about why you want to get it and what you think are some of the things you want to do with it afterward. And, you know, is the MBA the right path? And, you know, if it is awesome, right. But, it, you know, if, if there's maybe some other path that would get you where you're going, then that might be something to consider. Um, you know, in those cases, you know, like I said, if, hey, if you're financially independent and you can pay cash for your MBA and awesome, great, you know, do whatever you want. Um, but if you if you can't, you know, you are going to need to. There's some financial considerations to take into account that might um, might constrain your your decision options at the at the end of it all. So knowing that going in can uh, help you make a better decision. Yeah, fair enough. No, that that's great advice. Any parting thoughts? Any any last piece of tips or advice? Do you think will be really valuable to people who are either considering doing or who actually maybe even doing MBA right now? Oh, well, if you're doing the MBA right now, uh, take advantage of as much as you can. Um, you know, the, the classes, of course, are great. Meet the professors, yeah, especially the ones you really like. Um, they are, you know, really smart and, you know, can be helpful later in your career. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, good, for, good for the network. And also, uh, don't ignore the, the social aspects of school. There's, uh, you know, the... the 10 years after you graduate, you'll, you'll remember that stuff and probably be getting more value out of the, the network you made and the people you met at those uh, social activities than you will out of some of the classes that you sat in. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say read Jonathan's blog. I'm going to put that in the show notes because he's, he's again, given some great tips on, on some of the expectation management of uh, working in startups. <laughs> Cool. Jonathan, this has been excellent. Thanks a lot for your time. Really appreciate it. Really busy. Really appreciate you spending time with us. How how do people know more about you and how can they get in touch with you? Besides the fact that I'm going to include your blog <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, pretty easy to track down contact information, but uh, the easiest way is probably on LinkedIn. Cool. Cool. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Jonathan, for your time. Thank you. Take care. No problem. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you for listening to The MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to thembajam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.